0: Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the dockers' farmside side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow you fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider workers smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the tricks of your trade! Hello, welcome to episode 25 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer, and director of Tricks of Your Trade. I'm gonna add another one in there for you guys today. Not just a lawyer, not just an adjudicator, I'm a daughter of a businessman, and that is what is inspiring the topic of this podcast. Now, I also have two daughters of my own, and so there's a little bit of inception and uh, self-reflection going on here with Father's Day in this household. And a big part of it is thinking about my time as a child, hanging out with my dad at his factory. Now, I know it's a little bit ironic, me being a mother, uh, talking to fathers that listen to my podcast about being a dad in business. And it's not lost on me that we actually have a terminology or a colloquialism called mansplaining in today's society. Um, I suppose what you could call this is mumsplaining or womansplaining, whatever you want to call it. But I do think it's really helpful in terms of looking at how we run our businesses, the risks that we take, and the rewards that are on offer. To really stop and think about our families and the dynamics of our household and the implications that these decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis have on other people too. Now, let me preface this with, I'm not a business coach and I'm not here to talk to you about, uh, you know, quality of life and time balance and productivity and crap like that. What I know from my own experience is that we have an internal order of priorities and as a business person, we often put business right up there with our family. And what I have found is that this is something that is innate. And recently I was reading a book called Grit, uh, written by Angela Duckworth. Absolutely mind blowing book. Uh, No affiliate commissions to be had here, just uh, really enjoying the read. And what she was talking about was the difference between having a career and having a calling and how, people who have a calling will do what they will do even if they're not being paid or even if there's no sort of pleasure reward that can be attributed to it. And it makes me reflect on when I was really little, my dad used to have me on every other weekend, my parents were separated and my dad would get me out of bed at four o'clock on a Saturday morning, he'd carry me to the car, I'd sleep in the car when we got to the factory, he would get me out of the car and put me on a mattress in his office with a blanket. And I had my own little TV for when I woke up and I would essentially sleep until a normal person would wake up while dad was out in the factory setting up all the machines and getting everything ready for a Saturday shift. Dad ran the Saturday shift on his own most of the time. My stepmom was always there in the office with us and it was a full day's work. And then when we got back from the office, dad would always be outside in the yard working, sweeping the paths, fixing the pool, tinkering with his four wheel drive or something like that. And then Sundays were always dump runs, gardening, uh, maintenance around the house. Sometimes there were like little uh, social gatherings that he would take me along to, but for the most part, weekends I spent with dad All I saw him doing was working. Now credit to dad, he used to take me along for the journey and I was always in the truck with him uh, whenever we would start a Saturday shift. By the time I woke up, we'd have breakfast together and then I would often sit and watch uh, as we would be taking big polystyrene blocks, like 6 meter by 1.2 meter big blocks of uh, polystyrene out of the oven Dad would wheel it out on a trolley and we'd let it cool off long enough. And then if I was really well behaved and I listened to what dad said, I was allowed to write the time and the date on the block before he put it over into the drying room. So I suppose uh, for context sake, dad had a polystyrene factory. He used to make polystyrene commercially and supply to places like retrocom and all sorts of places that use polystyrene as part of what they put together and sellers their own products. Now I have witnessed this same type of stuff with my own clients and it's pretty rare that I'll come across a subcontracting business that doesn't have some element of a family member working in and amongst the main business owner. And I know myself with my business, one of my um, biggest priorities in the next two years is to uh, get our business to a point where I can hire some of my own family. So while this stuff really is work, it's not a job, is it? It is a calling. These businesses are essentially like our babies uh, and we do nurture them and hold them dear to ourselves. Certainly we hold them in a much higher regard than we do uh, if we had a job with somebody else that we would go to work every day. So on reflection, one of the things that often comes up to me is why... Why are subcontractors so willing to leave money on the table and walk away? Or why do they give up so soon when somebody hasn't paid them? Now, not a day goes by that I don't think uh, that I would love to run some business questions by my dad. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2010. He had a form of leukaemia and that man fought harder than I've ever seen anyone to stay alive for as long as he possibly could. And... It really was uh, quite remarkable, but he did still keep working. And I remember him very um, candidly saying to him that he had noticed that when other people who were sick stop going to work, that they deteriorate really quickly because they don't have a purpose. And this absolutely has rung true from what I have seen um, with other people's cancer journeys Since then, and people who I've worked with in everyday roles where they're an employee and they're not driven to uh, cling to this passion that they have that drives them forward every day and gets them out of bed at 4am with their five-year-old daughter. Um, You know, in terms of speed bumps to getting into work, dad could have just hit snooze again and again and again. It was his business. Nobody was going to be chasing him up if he didn't turn up that day. But I'm sure that you will be able to relate with your own business that working late into the night, getting up early in the morning, thinking about, thinking about, thinking about business, and you really just don't stop. It is something that is innately inside you and will drive you forward. So when we think about a lifetime of being in business, I really think we need to choose carefully in terms of how we live that experience. And I, for one, have been seriously considering how that can be achieved and what longevity looks like and what it looks like for my children, not because I want to leave them a legacy business, but because I want to actually see them every day. Recently, I moved my home office out of a bedroom or a dedicated room and I moved it into the living room or next to the dining table. And I did that because I didn't want my office desk to take up so much space in the house that it encroached on a whole bedroom. But I also wanted to get myself out of being locked in a room away from everyone. And I wanted to be amongst it. We set up a little computer uh, on the other side of my desk with a touch screen, and our little girls play Leapfrog Academy on there. Sometimes while I'm working on things on my computer and it's really lovely to be able to spend that time together. But if your business uh, time or experience is constantly being tainted by disputes, short payments, blue collar discrimination, uh, just really dodgy treatment of you and your workers, I wonder, have you thought about how you could make a change in that space? Now, I've been talking to some industry associations recently and to some really big minds, like really, really great thinkers in this space. And we've talked about how collectively we can make a change in the industry so that we can change the landscape for subcontractors at large um, and change the experience that everybody is living through. Now I'll give you an example. We were working with a client the last few weeks who's been working for another contractor and that contractor has been rejecting some variations and just behaving like a sport brat, basically. Uh, so we wrote quite a pleasantly uh, worded notice or letter of dispute to that particular contractor, just setting out what the issues were in us and basically requesting that the parties meet to move forward. Now this contractor absolutely spat the dummy. You know how you get those people who reply to an email four and a half seconds after they receive it because they're furious and they just say the stupidest things they could possibly say. Well, this was one of those instances. And this subcontractor had come to us for help to navigate through this rough patch to make sure that he was going to be entitled to be paid for the extra work that he was being asked to do. And I've very rarely seen such disgusting and distasteful language used towards a subcontractor. And when I uh, commented about how surprised I was to our client, he said to me, Michelle, this is the way that it has been on site since March. These people, every single touch point and every single interaction is like this. And it just made me think if I had a client that behaved that way, there's no way I would work with them for six months. But Subcontractors don't have any right a lot of the time to get out of the contract because the person that they um, signed up with is behaving badly. It always really comes back down to the terms that you agree to from the outset and whether it's a level playing field for you to do business. From a mental health perspective, I know for myself when I'm juggling my kids and there's an urgent matter at work or a deadline or something stressful is going down, my kids bounce off my energy. And oftentimes they will vie for your attention more and more and more because they can tell that something's not right for you. Somebody once said to me that little kids are like Um, octopus and they have little tentacles and they can feel your anxiety and if your baseline anxiety or if your stress levels are um, through the roof for a period of time because there's something that's on the cook, they will wake up every day in tune to that. Now I for one as a business person (laughs) suffer from a whole lot of parental guilt around this type of stuff because I often think, am I selfish for having a business? Should I just go and get a well-paid job? I'm no, I'm a construction lawyer, I'm an adjudicator. I could earn quite a lot of money if I just got a day job. But I know in my heart that if I stopped uh, doing the services for um, money in my business, I would just do them for free. And I know this because I did this for almost five years before I started my business. I literally just helped people because I wanted to help them and I think that really is the definition of when you've got a calling as opposed to a career. A career is sort of something that you put up in lights and, uh, you know, I'm proud of what I do but it it doesn't define me in terms of pride. That's not what drives me. The title and, you know, the the work that I do is not what drives me, it's the people and helping the people and understanding that subcontractors are family businesses. And when you help a subcontractor who hasn't been paid, you don't just help their immediate family, you end up helping their brother or their mother or their sister who's also working in the family business as well. And the flow and effect from it is astronomical. Now, one of the things that I think is a really striking analogy for the dads who are listening to this, particularly dads who've got daughters, but, you know, dads with sons as well. If your child, your son or your daughter was in a really toxic relationship and just kept going back and you were in this position where you could see as an outsider looking in, you could see that it was just the wrong uh, person for your child to be interacting with or dating. For whatever reason, they value themselves such that they kept going back um, for more and more and more. Sometimes this is the way that I observe subcontractors who are treated really poorly by their clients, but they keep going back for more and more work because they think they can't get work with another builder who'll pay them better. Now, what essentially ends up happening is This subcontractor over time conditions themselves to believing, inherently believing that they can't do any better. And they tie up all of their time working with the builder that they don't like to work with, often being short paid. And so the cash flow is maimed. They don't have the ability to resource up to take on another job, even if they did win one. And so over time they get stuck in this toxic relationship because they can't trade out of it. Morale just continuously takes a dive because day in and day out, you're working with this person that you're just thinking, "These people are treating us so terribly. But then soon enough you become conditioned to it and it doesn't stop, you know, all these emails that you're getting that really cut in the first instance, now you just expect to be spoken to that way. So in the dating world, I think they call that like punching above and below your weight. So if somebody thinks that you're dating somebody who's out of your league, you'd be punching above your weight. And if you're dating somebody who is not treating you right and it's a toxic relationship or the relationship is not what your loved ones think is conducive to you being happy, they would say, look, you're punching below your weight, right? Subcontractors whose builders treat them like crap are punching below their weight and when you get stuck on the carousel it is so hard to get off from a cash flow perspective because you just keep hemorrhaging money over these silly business interactions that somebody amazing a unicorn client is going to pass you by and you will be missing opportunities to take better jobs take better work and actually live your life having a really good experience in the construction industry. Now, I firmly believe that the construction industry does have a lot to offer for people. And I'm pretty passionate about construction by and large. Nothing gets me more exciting than a fresh set of plans and a greenfield site and a new project and a client who's about to build a building and they start talking to you about their plans for the building. The other part that I absolutely used to adore when I was a contracts administrator for builders was when you'd hand over the job, you get to practical completion. I always used to go and do professional like real estate photos of the finished project for the Master Builders Awards and for the client. I know a lot of you subbies are using drones to photograph your work and using that to enter in awards categories and things like that. So I get the glitz and glamour and the excitement behind what the industry can offer. And I think that Your children are watching. I certainly know my children are watching. And I think I've said before in a podcast that my daughter said to me, "Mummy, I wanna be a teacher. I think she said this because her grandma is a teacher and she does dearly love her teachers at school. But my first reaction was, thank God she doesn't wanna be a builder. And I don't, I'm not saying that because I think the industry is broken. I'm saying that because I think that builders take on so much risk. And I would never want that for my child or for my children. But if she decides to go that way, mummy's going to make sure that she does everything the right way from the start. So I think that there can be a little bit of value uh, in your reflection over Father's Day and over having children in your business and whether you've got a family business and how you think your experience in the industry should be because you are dedicating your lifetime to it. If you're like me and you share the passion and it's a calling, not a career, I'm sorry, my friend, but you are stuck here. So you need to find a way for this not to be soul destroying so that we can all collectively have a really nice level playing field. We can have enjoyable days at work. Enjoyable interactions, get excited about what we're doing, grow our businesses in the right direction, and not spend decades just dealing with dispute after dispute after dispute or leaving money on the table because you're too scared to stand up for yourself. And that money belongs in the bank accounts of your babies or yours, however the case may be. So, a little bit of a left field. Uh, podcast today and I just wanted to keep it real and let you guys know that we are all in the same boat in a way we do have competing interests but we are on this earth to essentially have family and life and live our lives and some of the downsides to our industry for a lot of you are getting in the way of that and that's where I want to help that is I've started my business i My business revolves around helping you guys make this a better place to work. If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies Toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www tricksofyourtrade.com.au Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork a shady Do the dockers farm side Keep you up late at night Are you sick of pushing paper Swinging your tools the more you gave up Call us the tricks of your trade Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider worker smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.